This is Sid Haig for Nightmare Junkhead. Listen, or I'll come over there and put my boot all up in your ass. Weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, the only horror podcast that will make you breakfast before making you take the walk of shame. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we are talking about one of the more divisive horror films that came out last year, 2014's It Follows. But before we go any further, let me remind you, we are part of the Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy. And you can find all of our past episodes at BoomHowdy.com. But if you're like me and you like to listen to us on the go, simply search for either Boom Howdy or Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud SoundCloud apps. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. So, Genius, how have you been, man? Not bad. Can't complain. I love it, the fact that it's now October. It's the changing of the weather, you know? No more shorts. I mean, yeah, well, still, but, you know. <laughs> you know Aesthetics aside, right. you know, personal attire. Fun stuff, you know. The, the yoga pants and Ugg boots are coming out again. I love basic bitches. Anyway. <laughs> we were actually at an arcade not too long ago, and uh, Genius said something along the lines of some of the females yeah. walking up the stairs. God bless the man that said yoga pants are an acceptable outfit for outdoors. And, and for I was in the midst of around. a really harsh Street Fighter Two thing, and I'm like, I can't be bothered with this. Go away, man. Go <laughs> Such away. frivolous nonsense. And I'm like, Ain't nothing nonsense about that. God damn. <laughs> but obviously one of the best times in October is oh, all sc- now. All the scary movies and like all the channels now are showing like scary shit and horror, horror marathons. Yeah, beautiful chiller, sci-fi. Fuck, even like um, Fox now has like horror TV shows. And you know, we've got Walking Dead's coming out, the new American Horror Story. For a horror junkie, this is it's, the time of the year. Yeah, this is fucking This Christmas. is when you no longer have to give excuses as to why you want to watch right, a horror movie. Right. You know, any other time of the year, it's like, well, why are we watching this? It's not October. Well, why wouldn't we watch this? But now, fuck, well, we ne- can do what we want. Yeah, but now we have a horror movie for Valentine's Day. Right. <laughs> Apparently on this one, yeah. yeah of course not. <laughs> um, so if you're, now obviously, this is, we have a wide audience out there, but if you are in the Kansas City area or even just in the Midwest, uh, Genius and I are very lucky where we get to go and we get to host some really cool events because here in the Kansas City area, we have an Alamo Draft House mm-hmm. and we have a Screenland Theater, which is another independent local cinema that is just amazing and awesome. Yeah. And we, for one accident, you know, we have pictures of people, you know, good blackmail material, but they allow us to go and host a lot of these films. So we want to kind of throw this out there for any of our Kansas City listeners if you want to come out because in the month of October we're all over the place we man. are and we are going to be hosting some really really cool things some awesome shit man. um starting on october 18th at the alamo draft house they are having an evil dead double feature mm. so you're getting the original evil dead and evil dead 2 dead by dawn which we will be hosting which i am beyond ecstatic someone's in my fruit cellar join us <laughs> it's gonna be a blast because that those are two films that i've i've seen evil dead and evil dead 2 in the theater mm-hmm. but in terms of a back-to-back double feature that's awesome and with that kind of a crowd that the alamo draft house mm-hmm. draws oh are you that's kidding? gonna be beautiful that is gonna be a blast and anyone that's attended our uh, hosting duties before is where we always like to try to incorporate a lot of trivia and prizes so mm-hmm. this is a challenge to you all you know brush up on your Ramey brush up on your Campbell uh-huh. uh, just know your stuff when it comes to that brush up on your Kandarian demon speak 
Your Necronomicon brush. Necronomicon ex mortis. <laughs> brush Roughly up trends. on your one-handed month guys. You know. Just make it groovy, man. That's all we ask. <laughs> and then that Friday, the 23rd, we are hosting... Uh, the continuation of right, the Evil Dead. Keep this train we rolling, are man. straight up. It's going to be Army of Darkness. Ah, that's that's such a fucking good movie. And on top of that, this is a Mondo screening. Oh man! And if anyone has attended any of our Mondo, uh, oh, you know, we give out some good shit. There's going to be some really good stuff with that. So I imagine. Probably a print, maybe something print, good like that. Maybe a, maybe a maybe a, a musical score, or maybe a poster. Genius uh, hosted a Maniac Cop two screening, and the Mondo was so gracious as to give out. It was the it was the soundtrack on vinyl. Yeah, and then I hosted um, Nightmare on Elm Street, oh. and they gave a Mondo poster of um, Nightmare on Elm Street, and it was so fucking fat, dude. It was awesome. And it's getting to the point now where we're almost. <laughs> begrudgingly right. giving these items away because they're so amazing. Yeah. I think we've got to put a plant out. In the I think audience. so. I think so. We can invite somebody. The, the, the answer is B. <laughs> the answer is Asia. You know, <laughs> or because I I know that like there's been times where I'm tempted to follow the guy to his car. You know, that's a nice poster you went there, homie. You know, <laughs> just got pull up on, like on a squeaky bicycle like Devo, <laughs> my chain and just. <laughs> My Mondo poster, boy. <laughs> my grandma gave me that poster. My poster. <laughs> what you got on my vinyl, punk? <laughs> <laughs> well, then, continuing the Halloween tradition on October 30th at uh, the Screenland Tapcade. Oh, but don't, don't we have a couple of... We've got some video vortexes. I don't have the exact dates on right now for uh, that, so but we'll, well get to them. We'll for those of you who listen, oh, make sure that you check us out on uh, the Nerds and Nostalgia podcast, nonpod.com. And some other stuff. And Nightmare Junkhead, we'll host all that stuff. But let's continue with the with the, the, the funness that we got. Because, yeah, on the 30th of October at Tapcade, which is, a, number one, it's a great arcade. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about before on Nerds how lucky we are to have these amazing venues here right. for things like that. But we are doing a secret triple feature. Yes. It will be a, a night of demonic pleasures. That's really the only hint we can give, but take that as you will. But you will be seeing three secret mystery films. Uh, we're going to have... But there's a theme. There's oh, yeah. a running theme between all of them. And, so. it's, and uh, you will, if you are a horror fan, you will, you're going to love mm-hmm. this lineup we have for you. It's yeah. quite good. But it's what's awesome is about it is like, not only did we get to pick the movies we wanted to show, but m- my friend Greg here, he is a master of putting together like playlists pre-show entertainment all this stuff basically what they do at the alamo but amped up to madness and he's fantastic with it i mean there's been stuff at movie night where i'm like where the fuck did you find that and so it flows well and he gets to program it i know i'm excited it's so dope so this is going to be i'm not sure how much they're going to charge but probably not too much and you know you can grab a burrito it's going to be three movies i think it starts at seven and goes till midnight yep so it's a full five good hours of just awesome shit and there's some really it. good stuff. We've got some uh, early 80s, mid 80s, and then early 90s. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we've got a pretty good representation going yeah. on. And these are just fun, fun movies. They really are a lot yeah. of fun. These are good ones you want to see with a crowd. Mm-hmm. And there's one in there I'm especially excited for that I haven't seen in a while. And I think it gets kind of a bum rap. But it's one that's just 
so much fun and so good and uh yeah you yeah. Uh, it's gonna be we're what, gonna have a blast one we talked extensively about that's a hint we're not Ooh. gonna i'm not gonna give them too much more that's into that true. but one we've talked extensively about another one is an old school one that i haven't seen in a while but i loved it and the other one is one of my favorites growing up i mean this movie i saw in the theater and i was like this movie's the shit so yeah it's we're gonna have a blast no, with you're, this, you guys. yeah so if you're in casey and you're doing halloween shit on the october 30th block that day off come down to tap cake grab yourself one of their fucking awesome ass burritos or their street tacos come how, challenge me at street fighter 2 how good are those fucking tacos oh those street man? tacos yeah oh the pork one is amazing oh, yeah. and then the chicken and bacon yeah oh, the chicken and bacon one is to die for yeah man. That i, is I so tell good. you if you challenge greg to street fighter you will lose sorely well no, no 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 if you do beat me though you get to take my patch you know it's <laughs> in like dramatic fashion just rip it don't say that because some like fucking ringer some billy mitchell ass guy is gonna come down and like yeah it's, it's always the kids that play crosshand that i always am like nope 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 <laughs> stepping back man just stepping back it's gonna be a friendly exhibition game there won't be any I thought you, oh no i know what happens with exhibitions man i've oh. seen rocky four okay <laughs> it's supposed to be an exhibition. i'm sitting there throwing the towel rock throwing the towel no genius no i can take it uh, you know what if i go Happy out <laughs> If we can throw in a creepy sex robot, I'm good with that. But if I can go out like Apollo Creed, man, I'm all for that. I am all for that. But uh, yeah, so we're, we're, we we get we get the opportunity. It's a lot of fun, you guys. Yeah, it's, it's gonna just, be. A, and, and even if you don't come to that one, come to one of our hosting gigs. It's a lot of fun. I mean, we're doing a couple of video vortexes at the Alamo, which mm-hmm. is where they break out the VCR and we watch VHS. Yep. In fact, we're actually we're recording right before we go out yeah, and do it tonight. We're recording here on the thirtieth. Uh, uh, excuse me. Yeah, the thirtieth of September. September, and it's po- it's National Podcast Day, number mm-hmm. one, and we're actually going to be screening a, um, a Cynthia Rothrock film, Angel yeah. Fury, which is going to be it's a gonna be fucking awesome. It's going to be amazing. So that's like, again, we're very fortunate we have these venues here, so definitely yeah. go out and support Alamo, Tapcade, Screenland, Screenland mm-hmm. Armor, um, Up Down, all the local just nerdy haunts here in the Kansas City yeah. area. And even if you're not from the Kansas City area, go show Make it a road some, trip, yeah. man. Make it a road trip, show them some Facebook love, just come on down and like, tell you what, if you come down from somewhere else and you're like hey nerds i'm from san diego blah 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 we're some cool place we fucking might we'll even meet you, you there we'll Absolutely. even say like you know i'll tell you what let's meet it let's meet it up down beers and on I'll, I'll tell you this in terms of partying with the the, the nerds from nightmare junkhead here genius is the one to party with i am not a partier i'll be like yeah that's great i'm gonna go home. <laughs> greg's my handler he's the one that keeps <laughs> me in check like dude you had enough I'm like, i'll tell you when i've had enough <laughs> when genius is putting me in a headlock you know and just give me noogies you know i love you little fucker i love you <laughs> that's happened like four or five times hasn't it <laughs> that's usually when he gets this glazed look in his eyes and it's just pure love and i'm like oh here it comes here he's gonna get it's gonna be a slobbering love fest but I'm good with slobbering love fest, awesome. you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, that being said... It speaking, is a, speaking of slobbering love fest. <laughs> it's a very rare occasion when you and I have not seen a particular horror film. Just, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of our wealth of knowledge when it comes to horror films we've right. seen a lot so it's a rare occasion when you've seen something and i haven't or if i've seen something and you haven't and we use this opportunity to talk about it on the podcast on a segment we call seen unseen mm-hmm. where in this case i have seen it follows and i have not which is again now let me ask you this this was a very hyped almost too hyped horror mm-hmm. film and we are horror nerds and i'll be honest i just recently saw it so why haven't you seen it well okay so it came out the exact same weekend as A Girl Walks Home Alone at Midnight. 
And I had the choice between seeing a girl walks home at midnight and It Follows. And I've heard some negative stuff about It Follows. And I've heard some positive stuff about a girl walks home at midnight. I heard a lot of good things about it. And I did not like a girl walks home at midnight at all. At all? I thought it was too much style and not enough substance. Oh, it really? Was, it was a boring movie. Really? I was bored. I was... I, the now, movie was like an hour and a half, and it felt like four hours. I was bored. Was, do you think it's a cultural thing? Because I know that was a film that was... It, it was, was supposed to be in Iran, but it was right. filmed in San Diego. Oh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> no, there was just no vampire action. Really? It was all style and no substance. Now, a lot of people are like, oh, fuck you, that movie was great and artistic and blah, 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 blah. You know what else is great and artistic? Fucking paint by numbers. That <laughs> well, doesn't mean it's great. Would you, you know? compare it? Because uh, when I think of like style, no substance, I immediately go to, and I'm probably going to get booed for this one as well, but I'm thinking of The Hunger. In terms of a vampire film, that no, because at least there was some redeeming like boobies and like gore and in, in the hunger. Right. There was like two or three good scenes. Okay, but it was more like so it it seemed to be pretentious. You know, it seemed very pretentious. And more like, of a, an art horror film, if yeah, you will. Yeah. It's trying to appeal maybe to mm-hmm. more of the to more the like, you know, well, I do believe I'll go see a spooky movie. You know, like, fuck that, dude. You know, and I'm not like some sort of crazy gore hound where I have to see blood and guts right, and gore. Right, right, no, I understand that. I mean, it helps, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, it's like, okay, if you're going to have a movie about a vampire chick, fucking bite somebody, goddammit, you know? Fucking do some vampire shit, you know? Don't just ride on your skateboard. So was it was it the fact that it was more, was it more realistic at this no. point, or even not even realistic? Because if I was a vampire, if I was a real vampire, I'd be doing all kinds of crazy shit, man. You would be doing some heinous the shit. The Lost Boys would be more realistic if I was a vampire. Gotcha. No, this was this chick. Apparently, she was like four hundred or something years old. Didn't do a goddamn thing. Just moped. Just sat around and moped. It was a moped, years, man. You know, that was, was just a, it was a fucking mopey ass vampire chick. Like, dude, you're this hot like Middle Eastern chick. Like, people want you. All kinds of crazy shit there's no excuse for not being a radical islam because if you're riding a skateboard you're fucking a vampire dude that's radical in my book you know yeah it's fucking rad it's pretty badass yeah but, but unfortunately no, it didn't happen no she didn't do shit so didn't you got shit. bitten quite almost literally right. in a sense it's, it's, it's for a vampire movie it sucked yeah <laughs> 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 so that would that left you a little bit of a scar right were, so in that case then were you like you know what because i the same thing with it follows i'd heard it been really overly hyped mm-hmm. but then i had some people that i trust Trusted said no, it's not that. Yeah, good. and see, that's the same thing. Some of the people I trusted said, "Oh, fucking the girl walks home at midnight. It was great." And I'm like, "Dude, no, no, I don't think so." Not so the, were the same people saying the same thing with it follows. They said that it sucked. Okay. Oh. Okay. And so they're saying that it follows sucked, and girl walks a lot better. And so when I went and saw, I'm like, oh, "Fuck." No. If that's the case, you know. Yeah. And then I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know about that now." So and it had that extended <clears throat> run in the theater too, because yeah. it had played really well to the audiences. Because it got some great reviews and all this shit, and so. I was like okay well let's not. now when i wanted to go see it there was something else and i got busy and so I never had time to see it. it and i don't really like i mean i don't mind watching things like video on demand and stuff like that but if i see like something like a horror movie that's getting like a lot of cool mm-hmm. good reviews and stuff and especially like if it's out on the theater i would prefer to see it at the sure, theater sure well, um, kind of with just the fact that we just missed out on cooties. cooties yeah we were talking we were talking about it off air like yeah you know also watching on video on demand because i really want to see that movie but at the same time it would have been really awesome to see it in the theater sure sure and i was the same way because it just had so much hype 
that I at, at that point I knew it couldn't live up to anything right. that I wanted. Well, like the Babadook. And, yes, the Babadook was a lot like it. Very, it's a very polarizing movie, and I'm glad I saw it. And at the same time, I had complaints about it, but it was a good movie. You enjoyed it, but I remember when we talked about it way way back in the day. I wanted a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you needed so. to feed the gator a bit more, if you will. Oh, and very nice, very there nice. Yeah. So uh, let's put it this way: I I was very hesitant about seeing it, but it was just one of those nights where my wife and I, I it was it was on demand. I was like, you know what? I'm going to bite the bullet here. I'm going to I'm going to rent it, see what it's like. Mm-hmm. I just I need to see it anyway. Right. It's just one of those films. It's a newer horror film. I need to be representing and plus you know, you know we're nightmare them. we're nightmare junkies exactly horror nerds. I think not. <laughs> So, you know, we have to do it for our credentials. Otherwise, right. we're on, like, double double secret probation. That's no good for yeah, anyone. Yeah, that's never fun. So, I actually, I think I saw it in the best way possible, though, because occasionally me and the wife like, and this is not dirty in any way, but we like to... Dim the lights down. All right. Lift up a little bit of the bubble bath. And get $240 worth of pudding. With a pudding. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. We just had a regular old bath, and we, we, we actually have gone through... Five seasons of the X Files, watching it in a bathtub. It's great. It's just a way to relax. Did you see the new ones? I saw the trailer. Okay, for it. cool. It looks quite good. No, yeah, no, no. It does, that's yeah, okay. it, does. it looks awesome. But I do want to believe. Yeah, we digress. I, fuck it. I wanted to believe that this was going to be a good time, and it's kind of uh, it's not ironic, but it's actually kind of appropriate that we were watching it in a bathtub because pools come into play heavy in this film. Uh-huh. Uh, so it follows, uh, written directed by David Robert Mitchell, tells the tale of young Jay, a young girl who, after a sexual encounter, is informed that she will be followed by a mysterious figure, and unless she passes this thing she has along through sex again, it's eventually going to get to her and it's going to kill her. So it's the AIDS boogeyman. Yeah, it's... There are so many metaphors that you can read into this movie, and that's... We'll just start right there. Obviously, it's passed through sexual contact. Mm-hmm. It's the, the the most blatant, literal, obvious thing out there. Is it's an S, it's a metaphor for STDs. And but you know, if you think about hepatitis boo, hep- <laughs> hepatitis boo <laughs> Yeah. If you think about the really good horror films, a lot of them are metaphors or right. take metaphors for one if, thing. If or you the fuck other. at a summer camp, some guy in a hockey mask is going to fuck you up. Absolutely. We'll yeah. think about like the thing. Right. You know, uh, the paranoia, the, uh-huh. Red Scare, communism, think about the fly. Mm-hmm. A lot of people said it was more about AIDS than anything in terms of his, or I maybe a drug the dependency. Transfer, yeah, the transformation. So the really it. good horror movies are the ones that have a little bit more to say. So this mm-hmm. one, it was that, I mean, that's the first thing I thought when I even just seen like the trailer and everything from, you get the gist of that. This right. is something that's passed through sexual contact, yeah. which is scary enough. You know, just because isn't the thing like a, uh, the poster the itself is like a steamy car? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and it's actually it's a re- it's a really great one shot one sheet on that too because it's uh, from far away and you just see these two kids in the back seat and it's very, it's kind of hard to discern but then it's just a lovely backdrop and it's just it's a very intimate moment which unfortunately is shattered because after uh, Jay and the guys she has sex with are done he chloroforms her. Zombie it follows. Usually follows with the candle of pudding. He took a page out of the Cosmic book, unfortunately. <laughs> but it's really interesting because when she comes to, and this is actually one of the scenes you see a lot in the posters as well, where she's tied down to the chair. Mm-hmm. Your immediate thought is, "Oh my God, what is he going to do to her? What more?" And he's actually telling her he's ba- he's breaking down the rules of the movie for the audience and her. Where basically he's telling her, "Listen." We've fucked. I've passed this thing on to you. It's going to be constantly coming at you. And you're like, and she's like, what are you talking about? And at this point, you're like, well, why are you laying all this stuff out? And as it turns out, he's like, if it gets to you, 
it'll kill you. But if you pass it on, it's going to go then after that person. And the idea is it just keeps continuing to spread. So again, Hmm. an STD kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But what's really interesting in that scene is you see it and he makes her see it. And it menace, it starts to menace and get really close. And you think about like, well, that makes sense because if he doesn't tell her about that with these rules, it's immediately going to kill her because she has no idea about it and it's going to come back to him. Right. So it sets, it sets up like rules for the movie. Like don't feed it after midnight. Exactly. Don't, exactly. Don't get it wet. Yeah. Even though it's kind of too late. <laughs> right. Right. No. And, and, and so you, it lays out the logic for this, which, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you have to do that though almost. But then you start thinking, well, where did he learn it from? Who, where did he get the information from? Is this misinformation? Uh, just, the, just how that kind of happens in the social media as it is right now. Mm-hmm. Just in terms of, you know, you play the old game of telephone. Right. And, you know, what starts here ends up differently here. So it sets the, the, the mood really well. Does it have like an origin story? Of what no, it is? no, and that's just it. It, whatever it is, is you don't know. You don't know. The interesting thing about it, and I'm not going to go into too much spoiler territory, right. but you have a hard time killing it. Mm. And that's what's interesting about it is it's always coming at you. It doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. It doesn't pursue you in a fast kind, like like a like fast zombies. So it's or, like the shape. Yeah, very much so. It's oh, Halloween is all over this movie is all over this really? movie holy shit this guy uh, you know between this the guest uh starry eyes you know these people that have super carpenter slow burn kind of mm-hmm. yeah oh it, it's like a love letter because there's a great shot that's very reminiscent of the one on halloween where jamie lee curtis is in the classroom and she looks out and she there's the, uh, even thinking about it right now freaks me out but she looks and you see the shape behind the car just staring at her yeah well, that's what happens with Jay is she's in the classroom and it's almost it's almost shot for shot like that. But she's looking out into this courtyard and you and it's this great 360 kind of panoramic uh, shot. And you just see all these people doing their things. And at this point, you really start trying to look out and pick out if you see it coming at you. And it's explained Hi, that Georgie. Oh, it's <laughs> wrong. It. <laughs> no, that's actually that would work pretty well with this because it can take the form of anything at once. Oh. And it could be a stranger. It could be someone that's, you know, the, you're a family member or what have so you. So how do you know if it's it or not? That's just it. You have to have someone else around you, ideally, that's not afflicted with it to say, do you see that? Because no one else can see it but the person that is inflicted uh, or infected, if you will. Uh, yeah. So if something's out of the ordinary, like, what the fuck is that? Then, like, that's that's not a dude? Yeah. Someone says something like that? Yeah. Or just like, what are you looking at? There's nothing there. And in which case, if then you're fucked. So, yeah, so you really need to be around other folks that are infected to make sure they're they're the litmus test for you, you know? Really? Um, Well, wouldn't you just go, like, buy a whore? That's an interest. It's interesting. They actually, she, at one point, uh, she is at a lake, and again, water and everything, and she swims out. She sees these three bros out on the boat, and you see her swim out there, but it doesn't say what happened. But you're, it's implied that she had sex with at least one or three of them. However, a day or two later, she looks, it's coming at her. Because I have a feeling she didn't lay it down and said, this is what's going to happen to you. Oh. So unless you are actually laying out the rules for the person you're fucking and passing it to, uh-huh. they're as good as dead because they're not going to know. Uh. So so the thing... Uh, it's it's okay so that's kind of so the, it needs so it needs to like you need to warn the person you need to like, communicate with like them. if you're like you know what i got crabs i probably here's a toothbrush or like yeah you know like i got some bad news that just gets some my test results in and you know you might have the collapse right so but if you don't then you're fucked 
Hmm. Quite, quite literally. Yeah. In fact, so also like basically, if you hide the, if you hide, like if you have AIDS and you hide it from your partner, you're both. Fu- yeah, you're fucked. I mean, you know. So this is why you know the STD <clears throat> metaphor was pretty, pretty profound. Mm-hmm. But the more I started thinking about it, is uh, all the characters in this movie are in their early twenties, kind of aimless for the most part, as a lot of us are in the early twenties. And I was Should've the more I early thirties. Oh yeah, well, it just continues. <laughs> well, I was looking at it as more of. The inevitability of like almost adult responsibilities because mm-hmm. the, you know I had the time in my in my early twenties when it was that really magical time where you really didn't have any real world responsibilities, but you're out on the cusp of having to like you know join the workforce and become a you know contributing member of society. Well, and then you know then again on that, if somebody doesn't tell you how some of the real world shit works, you're oh, fucked. Absolutely, you know, like look, let me tell you, like if I had a new job, if you start a new job, they're like, okay, don't fuck with this guy until he's had his coffee right this Don't lay out the cosby jokes right, right on the you know in the morning yeah. you know? right now this chick has ptsd so don't like you know start doing pop guns or right. shit around her because she'll mess you up right yeah huh. so it's it's interesting that way and it's um to me it was also again the importance of true communication just between people in general mm-hmm. and the advantage of that so there's that and then there's also just the inevitability of death mm-hmm. you know something that is always after you you cannot avoid it Hmm. you can maybe delay it for the most part but it's just always going to be coming after you and so the other thing that it reminded me of halloween too is there's very little gore in this movie very little um minimalist very much so yeah and there's actually maybe two or three people that actually die in the film so it's also Uh a very low body count and so again people saying this is the scariest movie of the year you know it's just pants shitting terrifying i didn't it was it was scary but it created more of a sense of dread than, and menace than, than terror. actual terror. Yeah. yeah. But for me, though, that dread and menace that really worked. stick with you, though. That's just it. It was one yeah. of those things that, because you're never sure of the, the safety of our characters because it is always coming at you. And the way they shoot it was kind of incredible, too, um, because it was just always usually in tattered clothing and it looked pretty obvious for the most part, but it was just very slow moving. And there was there was that point there was at times where it basically is in the same house as our as our characters. Dun, dun, dun. And shit gets real with that. Yeah, no. Um, and it changes from a small little child to a huge hulking giant. And those changes are very startling. Um, and just the way he shoots this movie. Um, I mean, by changes, like, do you see, like, it doesn't, like, morph, but, oh. like, with, like, little cut edits and oh, okay. jump edits, it'll change. Um, but this is the other thing that reminded me is it's just a really well shot movie. Mm-hmm. So it reminded me a lot, like, with Carpenter and Dean Cundy, just in terms of how they make that look so good. Yeah. And this also, this movie is also, it's very, you can't necessarily tell if it's. In the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, or now. Kind of like uh, We Are Still Here. Mm-hmm. That where was you're cool. Just, which is very much, and that's another <clears throat> one where you've got these modern filmmakers that are really paying homage to some of the greats in just the style choices that they're making. Mm-hmm. And this is no this is no different from Something that. timeless. Yeah, very much so. That, huh. Yeah. And I, I liked that about it. Yeah. Um, I like that, too. Because there were some ele- people were using landlines. Really? One of the characters, though, kind of had like a little nook, though. But it was you. It was just well, very we used ambiguous. To use landlines and cell phones back in the mid to late nineties. True, I mean, so. true. So I mean, but even just some of the style clothes, the the clothes they were wearing, the movies they were watching, uh-huh. uh, they were watching like all these old fifties, like Roger Corman kind of movies. Hmm. Uh, not Roger Corman. Um, 
Lloyd Kaufman? Uh, not Lloyd Kaufman. Even uh, before that, uh, The Tingler. Um, oh, William Castle. William Castle. Thank you. Uh, some William Castle esque movies. They uh-huh. went and they went to see Charade. Oh, uh, one of the girls. Was, oh, one of the girls was reading uh, The Idiot by Dostoevsky. Yeah. So you have these other kind of like existential things that are kind of peppered in there mm-hmm. um, that don't necessarily add to the plot, but just give it a little bit more flavor. Just right. in terms of again talking about the dread and the menace that's just going through this movie. Um, it is slower paced. Uh-huh. Which is, I think, what puts some people off. Yeah. Uh, but I don't mind that as long as I'm good with the characters. Uh-huh. And I and if really, the payoff's good. And yeah, and that's the thing. There is really good payoff with this. Really? It really, yeah. No, the ending is very ambiguous in terms of did they escape it? Did they kill it? And I'm not going to mention anything. Um, but there's also, uh, in terms of influences, um, there's a there's another scene almost straight from Nightmare on Elm Street. In Nightmare on Elm Street, when Nancy... Whatever you do, use a condom. Was, yeah. <laughs> I'm your boyfriend now. <laughs> right. But there's that great scene when Nancy is seeing Glenn get attacked from across the way, and she's in the house, she can't do anything. Mm-hmm. There's another scene where Jay, which is our... Which again, and uh, Jay is also played by Micah Monroe, who is uh, also in The Guest. Oh, she's a treat, dude. And so she is. <laughs> she starred in two really cool horror movies so i yeah. you know i'm if she's our next jamie lee curtis i don't know um Maybe she's our next danielle harris she could be she could, she, she but could. she's not starting young enough you know unfortunately no, with true. that unfortunately with that who am i jared Fogel. <laughs> oh, yeah right? good Five god dollar foot long <laughs> but there's this great scene where no, she I mean, sees, no, mean, no, she sees the it going over into the house breaking into it and it's just it's a it's just a perfect little almost mirror image scene of it but not to the point where it's distracting but if you know the film's really well you know oh, i see what he's doing there that's kind of cool mm-hmm. so paying respects to that i really really like with that um the other things um that i really really liked and this is the thing that has been probably talked about more than anything is the score for this one i heard it's badass it's really good and you talk another carpenter influenced yeah. synth score that is what this is huh. um it's it's interesting because the score to me i i was familiar with it and so i'm watching it and it's very jolting at the very be- at the beginning of the movie, but once you get about midway through, the the score itself kind of settles in, and you got some really good melodies and some very memorable themes that I w- I whistle to this day. The main theme, it's really really good. Does it it's, have a theme? Like it doesn't. Well, it has. There is a main theme, um, and it actually works pretty well just in terms of when it is around because there's almost some like psycho esque music cues but again with very heavy synth so it was i can imagine very distorting for a lot of people mm-hmm. but I, I i liked it but yeah. um you know just in terms of um some of the some of the stuff we've reviewed on this podcast with the guest uh steve moore did the uh, score for that one which is really good very carpenter-esque mm-hmm. uh jonathan snipes with starry eyes so not only again are you getting people kind of aping the styles of you know the carpenters the and the but also the music yeah. yes yeah. which is a win-win right for people like us right because that's we love that stuff. Yeah, you know, definitely. That is always, always so good. But the perfect, in terms of how scary this movie is, there's, mm-hmm. there's a reason I told you why we started in the, in the tub. So Amy and I are watching this, and you have to understand, I'm behind her. She's in front of me. We're just watching the movie. Because it would be hard to watch. Otherwise. Reverse, anyways, yeah. yeah, you can't do that. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so our dog starts barking. And we go, Amy goes to try to hit pause, and we're watching it on a laptop. Now our hands are wet. And I can see she's struggling a little. My hands are not not wet. They're completely dry. And I'm like, you know what? If I don't intervene here, I'm going to probably be like, she'll be like, why didn't you help? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to be the hero here, right? I'm going to go in. I'm going to pause this movie so we can hear what's going on. Well, unfortunately, I'm reaching around her 
And rather than helping, I'm completely hindering because we are basically battling now for supremacy <laughs> on this mouse to see what the hell we're hearing. <laughs> the dread was so good in this movie, Amy started kind of panicking. And rather than do anything else, she bites into my arm <laughs> to keep me from this whole thing. It was insane. And I almost had to fish hook her to get her off because she had the lockjaw thing. Right. But the movie had built up all this dread and menace that we were both panicking because we couldn't stop the movie to hear what the dog was barking at. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's full on Day of the Dead. Oh, <laughs> it was insane. And I felt really bad because I didn't realize I had triggered that. But it was just the movie had created that sense of dread in her that... She, it triggered this like fight or flight response, and she fought my ass, man. She huh. chowed down on me, so it was scary yeah. the way that happened, which actually added more dread to the movie because we uh-huh. just had that jolt of oh my god, what just happened here? And oh, it was it was just it was kind of the perfect way to watch the movie and have almost like that perfect experience happen with the movie uh-huh. because it just submitted and go oh shit that was that was kind of good. It's like was that good for you, honey? She's like, <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was that was weird. Um, but yeah, no, there were just there's so many things that I really liked about the film. Um, I Any, can see anything you didn't like. Going back to the rules, I think because they were so ambiguous, uh-huh. and because I think you can, depending on your mood, you can read so many different interpretations of the film. Can you see the ending before it happens? No, not actually. No, you really can't. Um, okay. And the and the ending itself is very ambiguous because you don't know if they got rid of it or in this last shot you see if. That's it. You know. Now, nine times out of nine, not nine times, half the time I love ambiguous endings, and half the time I fucking hate ambiguous endings. Does it, does it seem like kind of a cop out for some? Sometimes it seems like a cop out, or sometimes it seems like, what the fuck was that? Come on, man. I just invested or, an hour and 40 and minutes. I want to know what happened. Or sometimes it's like, you know what? It didn't tell me what, but it didn't let me satisfied. Is this as satisfied, ambiguous? Or I liked this- it. I liked it because it really did open up in terms of conversation and interpretation. Mm-hmm. But I, I know some people that was their main issue with it is with the movie was like i needed like something to closure exactly but this does open up for a potential sequel but i'm one of those people i don't think it needs a sequel it too yeah yeah. it follows also yeah (laughs) it follows too (laughs) to it's it's look who's following now (laughs) (laughs) no it's it's one of those that i i don't think it really needs a sequel because it kind of can work as a self-contained story Mm -hmm. um now if it does get one i'll probably end up putting it off again until you know watching on video on demand i'm glad though i watched this one Mm -hmm. um because i just based on all you know the hearsay that we had heard initially before it was just i no. I'm, I, this is one I think works really well. It's um, it's a throwback. Cool. It's a throwback to yeah. good early '80s old school suspenseful. Horror. Yes, like much like how the fog has the buildup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Halloween has again how Carpenter kind of framed his films. Right. Just like thinking about it, like how Ty West did with uh, House of the Devil, a good slow burn. But the, the, mm. the it has to be a good burn at the end though. Right. It has it's, to. Yeah. You, you can't have a slow burn and then just fizzle. No. Nothing no. Bullshit. And that's the worst thing with some of those. Um, yeah. And which is why I think a lot of people didn't like it. I don't know if they were expecting a high body count. If they're expecting blood. But based on what I saw, based on my feelings of it, based on the fact that it's kind of stuck with me, mm-hmm. it, for me it was a success. Huh. It's one you really need to see. Huh. Yeah, I'm, check it out. It's it's is quite good. It only available on demand, or can you like Netflix it, or can you like? Right now, it 
was only on demand, video on demand when I saw it. I was mm-hmm. hopefully it comes out on net. I think it actually comes out on Netflix in in October. But this is nice. also another one. Uh, just in terms of getting it on DVD, would probably be worth your time in terms of this. You know, the extras, special oh, features, because yeah. uh, I think they also do something regarding the score as well. Oh, cool! And yeah, no, the score is just really good. Um, it's one of those that even uh, one of my friends at work, who is not a horror fan, mm-hmm. loves the score. And he was Whoa. like, he's like, oh, this is for a horror movie. He's like, yeah, he's like, oh, this is pretty good. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty damn, pretty damn good. Wow. So it's it's also on order for me as well as, as always. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Josie. Uh, I, t- <laughs> I, mean, I tell you between uh, like Death Waltz <laughs> and um, you know uh, Waxworks, there's just so many good record labels Shout. releasing all these mm-hmm. just amazing scores out there. So mm-hmm. yeah, this is definitely one you need to see. Really, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Huh. I don't think it's too overhyped. Um, just to, just know that much like we are still here. Yeah, a good slow that burn. Was was a wonderful movie but think of the kind of the the gore you get with we are still here and then kind of put it on the inverse but just rather than the gore but the menace that you kind of get with yeah same kind that you get with it follows really it's just okay it's 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 palatable because there was there was there was definitely a feeling of dread absolutely and that's that's what works with this movie Uh is and the other thing that i really really appreciated was there were no jump scares Oh, no cheap really? scares or anything. In fact, there's several shots where you're anticipating a jump scare, just the way it's shot, the way it's edited, and it doesn't come. And that was actually kind of cool. That sounds pretty cool. Because been... you, you're elevating, you're waiting, uh-huh. and it doesn't have you're like, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah. I liked that a lot. Because to me, that was more of an investment in the actual storytelling in the atmosphere yeah. yes which you need that mm-hmm. because you, you get a lot of these other throwback films that are going into more of the uh, 80s excess mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about here in a minute yeah. but this one was definitely just the slow burn good score good characters huh. just menace and dread just dripping really? yeah uh, i i liked it a lot so i highly it out, i highly recommend it. i don't think you'll be too dis- i don't think you'd be disappointed on it well um, honestly so far any all of your recommendations i've i've been very pleased with you know as I mean, with as with you as with yeah you. so i mean I, th- I think both of us we know horror we know yeah. good horror and we know what's good what works what doesn't i mean even though we might have difference of opinion from a lot of people i think when it comes when it boils down to you can tell good horror from bad horror oh it's, and, it's pretty easy to kind of yeah yeah whittle out the chafe there mm-hmm. what have you yeah and this is one i think um just in terms of what he does next i'll i'll definitely be checking what's out. his name David Robert Mitchell. He Has, wrote he wrote it and directed it. Is this his first one? He did a uh, film called The American Life, The Life of the American Teenager, The American Life of Teenager, something along those lines. That sounds the, like an ABC Family Show, right? Right now, or something like the sleep. Oh shit! The I'll Secret have to, Life of an American Teenager. It was, but it was it wasn't a horror movie. But you can kind of tell from what I've read, just kind of the the, the bones uh-huh. from It Follows came from that, just uh-huh. in terms of kind of structure, the way. And like I said, it's really timeless. Which was really interesting. For huh. me. I like yeah. I like those movies where yeah. you really can't tell where it doesn't need to be a specific no. time. No, 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 because sometimes that can take you out of a film. Most where it's definitely, just so direct. Like even some of these films that have been coming out, um, or just rewatching like some of these '90s films are just it's so 90s. 90s it yeah. just almost takes me out of the film occasionally yeah. i was like oh, like scream three. Oh wow oh, that's good. super that's a super 90s movie with, with jay and silent bob showing up i'm like <sighs> really and my scream movie oh thanks weinsteins right. you know <laughs> Damn it, man. you know sometimes you don't need to mix you know universes sometimes you yeah. don't want to do that um but yeah no definitely check it out it's highly recommended uh but speaking of highly recommended um we occasionally on the show like to do a feature where we do a little thing called rotten reynolds 
Recommendations, mm-hmm. where we have our good friend Casey Canton has a little company called Rotten Rentals. Uh, Jake, genius, tell me a little bit about those. Oh, they're fucking awesome. Um, basically, what it is is it's these old VHS clamshells, and they take some of the um, vintage actual like cover art, and then they make these little like they look like video rentals, like the kind that you get back in the day, but not Blockbuster, but those little mom and pop, <laughs> mom ones, and pop stores, baby, right. <clears throat> But inside, there's no VHS. There's like trading cards, stickers, figurines, uh, little tarot cards, just you name it, like a little treasure trove of wonderfulness. And they're pretty fucking awesome. They're man. wonderful. Yeah. Because you really get to, like, uh, we're facing one now. I've got one. Did one for Turbo Kid. Here. Yeah. So it's not all just the vintage yeah, ones. They no, do they... some newer ones, but newer that newer movies that play well to the retro aesthetics, like Turbo Kid and like the one we're going to talk about now. Yes. Yeah, so uh, we were talking uh, with It Follows. Uh, David Robert Mitchell, younger director, kind of an up-and-comer. So I wanted to look at one of the Rotten Rentals they have with uh, some work by another up-and-comer. Uh, <laughs> the almost opposite in the spectrum, And apparently. that's just it. In yeah. terms of a throwback, the one we're going to... They just did a uh, released one for uh, 2007's Hatchet. Oh, that movie's so fucking good, man. And they had a guest artist come in here, and they joined with uh, Fright Rags, mm-hmm. which is that great t-shirt company. Mm-hmm. And so they did the cover for this, and it is cool-looking. <laughs> Bad-ass, man. Uh, and, you know, so uh, uh, Hatchet, written and directed by Adam Green, mm-hmm. who is another up-and-coming horror director. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I love Adam Green's shit, dude. It's so Frozen? Good. Yeah. Oh, good dude. lord. And I'm not talking about the Disney movie. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> yeah. We're talking just... That, to me, was showed why he's actually a pretty good director beyond... Uh-huh. Because Hatchet is a... You want to talk about a throwback. Yeah, Hatchet... Their, their <laughs> tagline was old school American horror. And that's what it gives you. It gives you the blood, the gore, the boobies, the... You name it. Whatever great slasher 80s movie... This was a love letter too, because it was had that great backstory. And the great thing I love about the Hatchet series, it all connects. Because there's, there's three of them, right? At, at least as of this recording right oh, now. Really? As of this recording right now, there's only three. Who knows? Who Interesting. Knows? Yeah. So yeah, the first time I ever saw it, I again, much like with it follows, I'd heard a lot of hype about it. Like, yo, this is this could have came out in '85, you know. And when I so I was like, oh, okay, let me see how <laughs> it goes. But almost from the get go, I really enjoyed. He he was. This is a fun movie. It's super fun, dude. and that's the thing with it follows. It follows isn't a fun movie. <laughs> it's you know you uh, if you have fun with that, my my you know more power to you. Hatchet is a fun movie. Yeah, because you mention it, there's blood. Yeah. There's a lot of blood. There are some gruesome. There's some gruesome kills vile, in here. Vile deaths, like when they take when he rips that old lady's head off and the tongue is still <laughs> wagging up in the air. Yeah, that was and awesome. Another point to this movie: all practical effects. Yes, yes. That's the thing that I you want to talk about making it a throwback. Old school practical effects, and when they say old school American horror, yeah, they're not whistling Dixie. They're dudes. not. And what was really kind of weird for me though, and we've mentioned it this before with the Daniel Harris thing, you know, kind of grown up with her. I have this cognitive dissonance. Thing going on, not me, man. <laughs> but one of the actresses in Hatchet is Mercedes McNabb, and mm-hmm. I know her. I was like, "Oh, that's Harmony." Yeah, that's Harmony Buffy from the Buffy and Angel. And damn, if she doesn't take her top off and a get down, lot. yeah, a I, lot. I was like, "Oh, weird." And that's- that that whole like fighting between the two actresses that were so, and then like, and there one's like really. She, Harmony plays a really dumb character. That one plays a smart one, and. They're fighting at each other all the time, and then like, and action next thing that they're making Make out, out, and like, fucking kissing and slobbering, and stop. Like, what'd you fucking eat tuna for breakfast? Oh yeah, they're. It's 
funny. It's a funny, funny, funny movie. It really is. And yeah. this is one of those, even the kills themselves are hilariously awesome. And that takes, again, a thro- making it a throwback because mm-hmm. there was a time Because you're rooting. You're like, yeah! Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. Friday the 13th. All of those, eventually, you're rooting for Freddy and Jason. Mm-hmm. You and want you're these rooting at the kills. kills. You're like, ah, oh, that was fucking awesome. And not yeah. only that is, you know, I mentioned Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers, these iconic slashers. He created... He created a great iconic slasher. Fucking Victor Crowley, that is a, one of the most original, well done, I mean, even the whole backstory, everything, and played wonderfully by Kane Hodder. Uh, so, you want to talk about giving your, your little horror movie some authenticity and some right? credibility? Yeah. Why don't we bring the greatest Jason, you mm-hmm. know, arguably... And then throw in Candyman. Tony Todd is in and, this. And then in the sequels, let's go ahead and throw in another Jason. Let's throw in a couple of Leatherfaces. We'll throw in Daniel Harris. Let's throw in Daniel Harris. Give a Halloween feel. Let's just go with all these, like, It's yeah. almost like he had a checklist of things that he wanted to include in the movies, yeah. and he's like, oh, perfect. Fucking Park 3 had Zach Gilligan in Zach Gilligan, whatever the Gallagher's, uh, yeah, yeah, Zach Gilligan, something. Our buddy from Gremlins, right? Billy yeah. Petzler. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's so much fun. Carolyn Williams is in part. Caroline Williams, y'all. Yeah, man. Yes. Which she's my favorite. She's my favorite. But <laughs> dog will hunt. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, it's great because yeah, um, freaking Victor Crowley is. He's 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 got a great look. Yeah, he's, he's very. He's got the mutated looking. hillbilly mm-hmm. backwoods guy because this is all set in Louisiana, um, down the Nolans, y'all. Uh-huh. Um, and he is. You, you mentioned his backstory. It is. He's a tragic it's figure. A very tragic. It's a very tragic it's, story. It's, it's very sad. And then he's just taking his vengeance out. The ghost of Victor Crowley. They mm-hmm. say, but I don't know if that's so much a ghost that is just an unstoppable killing, killing machine. machine and literally unstoppable. <laughs> Unstoppable. They they are basically taking like all the cool shit you liked from those eighties, the franchises, yeah. and plugging it into this mm-hmm. and making it and making it fun. Now here's the thing though, I've heard on the flip end of this though, the people hate it. They think it's oh yeah no. How do you hate the fucking action series? A lot of people do. A Why? lot of people. They, I think that's it's too snobbery. Much. Yeah, I don't. I think people that don't want that that just can't have fun with something. Oh. It's the same people that said um, uh, "Girl Walks Alone at Midnight." You know, that's oh, cool. they didn't appreciate. Yeah. You know, the the, the 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 fountains of blood, the right. gratuitous nudity, the stuff that we were raised, raised on, on raising weaned. And the same thing with Adam Green. And yeah. that's what I like a lot about these younger directors now is a lot of them are about the same age as we are. Yeah, and they're and they're fans. Yes, yeah, they and know it, what works, what they like, and what they don't. Yeah. And the very I I can I can, can only imagine. Imagine how happy he was to be directing King Hotter. Oh, like, oh like, yeah, kidding? like this is great. Like you know, you know, make sure you get more of that blood on your head, or just mm-hmm. uh, you know. So I take off your top again, Mercedes. <laughs> so I just love the fact that we're getting these kind of movies now from mm-hmm. these guys that were raised on the same films we were mm-hmm. that are paying homage to it blatantly, you know, with Hatchet, but uh, peppering some of the influences like you saw with It Follows. Um, so I'm just really excited. I think we're yeah. in. A good horror renaissance. Yes, very much yeah. so. Um, you're just seeing more quality horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's, you know, we can thank Video On Demand for that, just in terms of getting yeah. more and more people heard. Uh, indie horror is looking good. It's mm-hmm. just, yeah, there's just so much good stuff going on right I now. I think because a lot of people our age has have been through the dreck and been through the shit and mm-hmm. been burned so many times where we will latch on to good horror and acknowledge and appreciate. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to need to step up our game, you know? So 
And they have. They yeah. have. I have seen more new horror movies this past couple of years than I have in the past 10 years. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Now, a lot of that has to do with my friend Genius here <laughs> uh, making me get out and about. But uh, the fact that, you know, we're doing this podcast, we have the opportunity to start sometimes see some flicks beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, and shit, just um, in the next two weeks, we've got Death a- Deathgasm yeah. coming out. Tales of Halloween. Oh, we've got some really cool horror movies coming yeah. out in October. Right, which is the best part. <laughs> that never happens anymore. Yeah. So I'm beyond excited for that. Fuck, we're going to have good horror movies coming out in Christmas time. I know. Yeah. Krampus? Yeah, and the uh, Christmas horror story. I've There's... heard different things about that. I've... I'll still watch it. I of mean, course. I'm still going to go see it, but, you uh, know. Will we, or will we? Who knows? Oh, Depending on the word of mouth, you know, because there are certain films out there that occasionally we just, you know, they pass we, us we by. We kind of miss. Uh, yeah, but that's okay. We come around to it eventually, because, mm-hmm. you know, that's what we do here on Nightmare Junkhead. Horror will be forever, and oh, if it takes us a couple of years to get to it, we'll get to it. Yeah, you know, we're just letting it simmer, you know, slow, gather up some flavor. Burn. Yes, yeah. very much so. Um, so definitely check out Rotten Rentals. Check out the new uh, new VHS one. Because the poster, that poster, that, that cover art is it's, it's, it's awesome. Ass. And this one is customized, so it's yeah. not like anything from the old DVD cover. This no, is a this custom. is a brand new one. It's basically got uh, Victor Crowley with a hatchet in one hand and a chick's bloody head in the other. And it's like, he's like behind him is like the bayou and like an old dilapidated. And the back of it is a great, just very simple with the hatchet but um mm-hmm. they brought reynolds bring in a lot of guest artists yeah for some of the releases and uh, they're doing they're knocking some shit out friend of the podcast uh, brandon, brandon duncan. duncan he made that awesome uh, halloween, halloween three. 3 one they did the ones recently with Candyman, man uh-huh. home street mm-hmm. friday the 13th part two the, just check them out you guys i'm telling you if you listen to the podcast you'll like this stuff. oh yeah definitely i remember when i first encountered them i was like this is stuff that's just for me like how did this happen <laughs> you open it up and it's like that yellow light from fucking pulp fiction, pulp fiction. Oh, yeah. we do have marcellus uh, wallace's soul in mm-hmm. these here but yeah check them out you guys they're a lot of fun um so i think we're good here so i think so too dude. thanks again my friend no, not a problem man. Love, love talking horror hey guys all right well this is greg d i'm genius mcgee and we'll see you in your dreams mm-hmm.